0: 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, ignition, liftoff.
1: Welcome to The Shiv Show, where we are all about people getting to know people. We are here to humanise the individual behind their brand and share their story with the world, with of course, a few laughs in the mix. Now, it's time for your host, Australia's most Canadian podcaster, and just like the night, Shiv Shivran what is happening everybody welcome to another episode of the shift show where we're all about people getting to know people now in this episode we get to meet this champion named mario simone mario is actually the founder of damn good academy but before that this guy is just an incredible incredible person he's going to actually talk through a few of his stories uh one of them is my favorite about a, a girl on the train and no it's not like the book or the movie it is completely completely different But Mario is just an amazing person, has been through quite a bit of adversity in his life, but came out on top, because right now he's championing every single thing that he puts his mind to. So without further ado, here is Mario Simone, and don't forget to subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, everybody. Alright, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Shiv Show. Today I have the founder of Damn Good Academy, an absolute great guy and just an awesome person, Mario Simone. Welcome to the Ship Show, my friend.
0: Hello, oh, thank you so much for having me, Ship. I'm really excited to be here. Um, after weeks and weeks of talking about it, so
1: hello, 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 hello. We've uh, we've obviously tried planning this for for a long time, and both you and I are really, really busy. But I'm I'm glad we got to sit down and actually do this.
0: Exactly. So am I. I am really <laughs> glad. Um, as Ahmad mentioned earlier on. I have a bit of a sore throat, but I think I'll be fine. I've got my tea ready to go. There we go. There we go. What kind of tea What kind of tea guy are you anyway? Um, well, my favorite tea actually is rooibos tea, which is traditionally from South Africa. It's high in <laughs> antioxidants. Um, I don't think many people from England like it. They find it quite um, rich. Mm-hmm. But um, at the moment, I'm drinking a tea from India called Tulsi, which is tulsi. supposed to help with... Yeah, do you know Tulsi? Yeah, oh, it's the, also the, the Tulsi leaf, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So at the moment, I'm... Got introduced to that a couple of months ago, and I think I'm a bit of an addict actually at the moment. I love it that much. <laughs> hey, at least you admit it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good, good. Hey, well, Mario, let's
1: just jump right into it. And and I usually like to start this off by asking to explain who you are. But before doing that, you know, you've you've had over ten years of experience in in the digital marketing industry. You've worked with brands such as what I think Nike and Red Bull and Self There's been there's been quite a few on the roster. I, I wanted. Yeah, I
0: wanted you to start by telling everybody what exactly a digital strategist is. Ultimately, a digital marketing strategist's job is basically to create the roadmap, to mm-hmm. actually look at all the resources, the opportunities, the positioning in the market, and to actually think ahead. It's a bit of a visionary role. Okay. Um, without sounding like a bit of a wanker, I know that kind of sounds a bit like that, but it is actually looking ahead um, and preparing for the changes and resourcing everything that happens across. Um, programmatic media, so that's all the, I don't want to use too many jargony words, but yeah. basically paid media, um, SEO, social media, you you name it. It's pretty much getting people to be influenced to buy your product, to find out about your product, yeah. and to make a purchase. Okay, so make it easier yeah. for
1: small businesses or large businesses, as the ones you've worked with before, to be found yeah. on the internet and just have a better social presence,
0: right? Ultimate, yeah, basically for society. Anyone that actually wants to make a difference in the world, um, it's not only for business, but um, pretty much that's the area that I've been specializing in for the last 10 years. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So, you know what? We'll chat about that a little bit
1: later, but why don't you just tell everybody a little about yourself?
0: Um, that's a great question, actually, myself. I've always myself. It's, it's, it's one of the hardest ones, hey? <laughs> I, I think everyone feels awkward about it. They're like, oh, who, me? Yeah. It's so easier when you can talk about someone else. Exactly. But, the one of the first things that people kinda get identified by me straight away is I'm a bit of a like I like to say a barbecue of cultures. So mm-hmm. I was born in Africa to Argentinian Italian parents, so you can just imagine what that's like. Yeah. And then I immigrated over here about ten years ago. So another way I describe myself is like a triangle, one side Argentinian, one side African and my chosen side, where I actually had a choice, is Australian. So I'm a bit of a mixed bag of cultures. and The triangle. <laughs> um, I like yeah, it. Yeah, the triangle. <laughs> it helps people to remember. If I use the triangle, I've people remember that a lot better. Mm-hmm. Or if I don't say that, they'll either remember like one culture, whichever culture they know more about. If that's Argentina, they'll, and they think about football and soccer they'll, or the meat, they'll associate me with that. Yes. Or they think a lot about Africa and the rugby, they'll associate me with that. So it mm-hmm. just depends who I'm talking to. All right. Okay, so my father is from a little town called... Um, Gracia, which is actually in Argentina, it's close to Cordova, and it's the same town where uh, Chequevara, that's the name I'm looking for. So Chequevara mm-hmm. and my father lived in the same town, oh, in really. Gracia in Argentina, um, and I've actually been there to Chequevara's house, and it's tiny, and it's poor, and it's crumbling, and it's, um, it has like a little, like this green rope around the front, it's really, really modest, mm-hmm. um, as you would expect from um, South America. And then my mother is a mixed bag, so she's Italian, but she was born in Northern Rhodesia, which is now known as Zambia. Mm If you look at the map, so it's in the middle of Africa, and somehow I grew up in South Africa. So um, how that happened is a is a long, long story, which will take hours and hours. (laughs) Do you ever do you ever travel back to South Africa? Um, I've been back once, so I went back about three years ago to go and see my father he's, he hasn't been very well so i actually went back there to to bring some spirits and some not, <laughs> not alcoholic spirits but to lift these spirits <laughs> should i say good good
1: <laughs> that's awesome man and um and he's he's still in south africa correct
0: yes he is he's um how old is he now? He'll probably be around about 72, 73 years old. Okay. Um, he's done the immigration once in his life from Argentina to South Africa. Mm-hmm. And he said to me that his bones are too old. In, and my dad, speak, we speak in Spanish to each other. And he says that he just can't do another trip and that the next one is for us, for our generation. So we are in Australia and it's literally the best decision I've ever made in my life. Yeah, and you know, I got a couple of questions probably about childhood, but but yeah, explain to me the the you know why that's the best decision you've made. Oh, uh, I think for many people that come from a third world country where there's corruption and crime and a lack of opportunity, and then you come into a first world country, mm-hmm. immediately you get challenged in a way that um, that you weren't expecting. So that one, I got challenged significantly when I came over here. Um, as well as you have just all these new opportunities and you notice, or I notice, that the problems that people had in Australia to the problems that we and my friends and family had in Africa are so remotely different but still very much connected to the experience of being a human being. Um, if that makes any sense at all? No, no, no. That definitely makes a lot of sense. And But you've also immigrated yourself, haven't you? I did. I moved from Canada. So and what is my, that
1: like? My move is—I mean, it wasn't—it wasn't a third world country, of course, but it—the move has been probably the the best thing I've ever done, and that's coming from, you know, a very, you know, well developed country, uh, to mm-hmm. another one, and it's a it, part of the Commonwealth. Uh, yeah, it's, it is exactly. It's a part of Commonwealth, and it, it was—it was a big culture change, I think. And, and maybe you know what I'm talking about, but I found that when I first moved there, the culture wasn't really there. Um mm-hmm. it took me a while to find it. Maybe maybe people were not as open to different cultures. Uh when I first moved here, but now it's completely different. I think that you know I've, I I I love I love Australia. I love everything about it. It's you taken know, I, me some time to find level. that culture.
0: Yeah, it's at a deeper level I think. At first um I think everyone um at least I know for myself mm-hmm. that probably the first two years were really, really messy, and, you know, we were pretty much feared for our lives, so I think our attention, um, and it's easy for anyone to have the attention and to compare things constantly, and um, when you miss something and you know something for so long, Mm -hmm. it's very easy to decredit someone else's experience, and I think, I'm not saying that's what everybody does, but I probably did that when I came over. Um, I grew up at school learning English and Afrikaans, so Afrikaans is kind of the um the Dutch language in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um I was never good at it, much much better at Spanish and English. <laughs> um, in fact, um, I actually struggled with English. It's actually you've just reminded me mm-hmm. I had to do year I think it was grade two again. I was kept back because my English was actually really bad because at home all we spoke was Spanish and the teacher said, well to my mother, she actually said, if you want to get ahead if you want your son to get ahead in life and actually care, you actually have to start talking to him. In English, and from that moment, the dynamic in my family changed. Because to my father, we would still speak in Spanish, but to my mother, we would speak in English. Okay. So until this day, that's how we talk. Like my dad, everything's in Spanish, and to my mother, everything's in English. Ah, uh, um, yes. Yeah. So actually, you just reminded me about that. But yeah, <laughs> when I came to Australia, I spoke um, English. I didn't have that challenge at all. Okay. So why why the move to Australia in the first place? Um. Well, look, we lived on a a farm in Africa where there was a really high crime rate. Mm -hmm. Um, We got robbed, I think it was, we lived on the property for about nine years and I think we got robbed about 12 times, like everything from stealing the TV to the fridge to the oven, the cutlery, Um, and there were some really scary episodes. I, I can, you know, all I can say is you live in constant terror. We lived in terror. I remember being as a kid. And um, someone ran past my window with a gun at night, and it was a full moon. So, I actually could see the entire silhouette of this gentleman. Um, <laughs> it's funny I called him a gentleman. Um, <laughs> <this> <laughs> he's, criminal He's not a gentleman, I'll tell you that. He's <laughs> not a gentleman at all. I'm being too polite. Um, he had a gun, and I could see his entire silhouette. And he was right in front of my room. I probably was about, I don't know, maybe 11 or 13 years old. And I actually got totally paralyzed. I lost my voice. My mm. body just... Could not move, and I was trying to yell for my parents, um, but I couldn't do. I just could not move at all. That the fear attack made me so scared that I could not move. Um, eventually, the alarm set off, the dogs are barking, and um, they ran off the property. But that kind of life, um, it wears you down. It wears you down a lot. So we really needed to move, and we came. To, we chose Australia because we had family that moved to America and some family that moved to Australia. Mm-hmm. And the ones in Australia said it was better, so we believed them, and they said it would help us come over, so that's what we did. Wow, wow. So when you when you moved here, what sort of adversity did you
1: you you know did you go through, or did you experience?
0: Um, well, I was a teenager when I moved over, so I was 19 years old, and I was at that prime age when you wanna hit the clubs with your friends, and you wanna go out and do all the juvenile things that you're supposed to do, yeah. but I had literally no friends.
1: I oh. came
0: I had no friends, I had a face full of acne, I literally was like an acne monster, <laughs> awkward as hell. Um, we had no money as well because of the exchange rate, I think it was about 10 rand to one Australian dollar by the time. Mm-hmm. Um, And we're basically, I was definitely fully dependent on my mother's savings, and I couldn't even work because of the visa requirements at the time that we were on a particular visa, which means we had to be dependent off of of my mother. So I wasn't even allowed to work. Um, To complicate things, my actual parents were in a mid-divorce at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So my mother was over here, my father was back in Africa, and I was over there, and I had to make a really... um, Hard decision, because my father was actually falling into a deep depression, and I was at home alone with him. So I did like all the cooking and the cleaning, and he would just constantly break down and cry. And mm. understandably, because of their, you know, their relationship was breaking down. Yep. But I'll be honest with you, I actually did not have the capacity at that time to actually handle that. I didn't know what to do, and I didn't really know how to care for my father. And look, my father's not ex- um a the the kindest person either. He can be really volatile and aggressive. Mm-hmm. So I had to make a decision, really hard decision. Um and I had to tell a bit of a, a fib and say that I wanted to visit Australia and but I really had no intention of coming back. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much um so I yeah, I ran away from home to my mother, um and to this country called Australia to start afresh and um it was hard. It was really, really hard. Do you think he knew? Do you think he knew you were not gonna come back? No, I don't think he did because um, when I packed my stuff, I left a lot of important valuables behind because I, I felt at that time if he knew that I was going to go that he would stop me and um, I absolutely feared for that. I just really needed a fresh start at that point in my life.
1: Wow, wow. And as a teenager for you to kind of realize that it's it's it just kind of proves that you have that strength from a young age kind of have to find that strength from a young age
0: oh yeah I, I had to find it definitely from a young age my sister um who was my rock um she's five years older than me and mm-hmm. I always looked up to her and um I told her what I was going to do and she was still in Africa at the time and she knew it was the right thing for me to do as well and, and the the closest people I could tell but there was a lot of people I couldn't tell that was actually one of the the hardest things was I had to actually I left them in not really the best ideal circumstances but yeah. it's um but that's life right we don't always have the best circumstances but we we have a choice in the matter and we have to find a way and you just have to find a way you you have to jump and you have to make do exactly and that's what i did and here i am now let's 12 years in australia and loving it and loving it it. well listen you know when, when you and i met i think it was a few probably
1: about a few months ago now you you obviously strike me as Someone who's who's strong, who's confident, was was ten year old Mario like this? Oh
0: no! Oh, absolutely <laughs> no. Ten <laughs> um, year old Mario probably was a lot sweeter. He was, I would say, um, without well, that a bit arrogant. He was quite cute. A lot of the ladies used to swoon over me. They'd be like, "Oh, he's so cute!" And they they did this annoying thing where they would um, pluck my cheeks a lot. And oh like, man, we had lo- we are a lot in common, my friend. <laughs> oh really? You had that as well? Oh yeah. I hated it at the time. Now I kinda of miss it. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? Um I was cheeky, I was playful, like I was cheeky like innocent kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um I had a lot of ambitious ambition as well, but I definitely can't say that I was strong. Um I actually really struggled with friends. I actually was a really shy, shy kid. Um and I didn't have many friends either when I was a little kid. I, I'm, I can just hear everyone probably going, "Oh, shame." <laughs> no, it's okay. It actually probably taught me a lot of stronger lessons. But um, yeah, I, I kind of feel. It sounds so corny. I'm like a butterfly. All right. <laughs> you <know>? All right. <laughs> I've never heard that one. Kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish I could just eat my words right now. Why did <laughs> I say that?
1: <laughs> I'm not even editing it out. It's staying. Okay. Your butterfly. <laughs> So, so where did, so right now, I mean, where did all this confidence come from? Where did all this strength come from? I mean, obviously the experience you had with your father and leaving him, um, and, you know, having to leave South Africa to come to Australia, it was, was some, was, was a big piece of it. But as of now, as of today, you know, where, where does your confidence stem from?
0: Um, I don't really know to tell you the truth, Ship. I have no idea, but. I think it lies in two areas because it's probably a world of um, hardships and rejections and failures and and learnings, but also a combination of my commitment because I've always wanted to make a difference to people. Mm -hmm. That's been Mm -hmm. like my most important commitment ever was to make a difference. I don't know why. I just came into the world and was like, I want to help people Mm -hmm. and I still Mm -hmm. want to. So I had learned pretty on pretty early on that if I'm going to make a difference with people, I'm going to have to overcome a lot of my fears, my insecurities, and just get on with it ultimately. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that really answers your question. I'm not sure where it comes from, but I, I know that if I'm going to make a difference in this world, I just have to get on with it.
1: No, and I think, listen, I, you know, just knowing you for a few months, I can already tell the type of person you are. I, I think that you are the type of person that likes to teach people, that likes to help people. And if I look at, you know, I've done some research, and if I look at you and your team, your team really looks up to you. You know, the videos that you guys post, the articles that you post, they (coughs) are about you teaching these people different parts of, you know, being more social or helping customers and helping other companies do this. So people look up to you. You're, You're now a role model. And sometimes what I find is some role models don't even know that they have these strengths. They just have it. It's just natural. So I think that's... Where you are right now, it's just, it's just natural. This is you every day, which is, which is
0: awesome. Thank you very much. I'm literally blushing right now. Literally (laughs) blushing. If you could see me, I'd be like, I'm like, all awkward. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) your voice
1: starts squeaking, and yeah, no, you're good. You're good. (laughs) Thank
0: you very much. I do appreciate that. No,
1: no, and this is, and this is me knowing you for three, four months. Imagine the people that have known you for years and years, right? So, you're, you're obviously a leader. Um, so good on you, man.
0: Thank you. you very much. I appreciate it. I, I really it's, do. It's not hard to tell. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I literally, I had a friend. Um, I spoke to actually my partner, sorry, not a friend, my partner, before talking to you. Yep. Um, he's in London at the moment, mm-hmm. and I told him that I'm coming on to the to do this talk with you, and he's like, "Oh my God, that's amazing! That's so fantastic!" And I said, "I was like, I have no idea how this really came about, but I'm so thankful that I get to be on this. So I, I just want to say thank you, <laughs> so for inviting me." Man, of course, of course. And I think that
1: the day I met you, I said, listen, like, this has to happen. And it's because you told me this story. And why don't we jump into that right now, actually, just because I want everybody listening to know exactly what type of person you are. So yeah. I'm going to let you tell the story, but you, you met a girl on a train. You met a girl on the train and completely changed your life. As the way, the way I see it, you did. So why don't you tell everybody from the start oh, right.
0: yeah. how this happened? So I was actually at a train station in... Um, It's it's outside of Brisbane, it was a really, really, really hot day and um, usually I'm in the city working a lot earlier but for this particular day, for some reason, I was running late and I think I was at like 9.30 or 10 o'clock and I was the only person on the platform, literally just me heading into the city and I heard this thump across the tracks and I wasn't quite sure what it was or where it was quite coming from but I knew it was across the track and I was like, what is that? And then I heard a thump again. And I was like, oh, that's bizarre. And then this guy walks past me and I hear the thump again. And he also notices the thump. And it's someone across. There's like this um, staircase that joins platform one to platform two. Mm -hmm. And I can't quite see who it is or what's going on over there. And the guy yells out, hey, do you need some help? And I hear nothing. So I was like, oh, is is someone in trouble? Um, Why are they not accepting help? And the guy just walks off. And then I hear another thump, and I think to myself, what is going on? So I'm very curious, obviously, as you might have, t- might have noticed by now. So I get up, and I can just see across the tracks, there's like this girl, I think it's a girl at least, and this, she's carrying um, some bags, and she's trying to get up to the staircase with these really heavy bags, like mm-hmm. bags that you take to an airport, they're kind of big bags. So I see her and there's no thump and everything and I thought, geez, I really should go and help her because it's a hot day, the bags are heavy. But I didn't really want to impose either. Anyway, I finally get up the courage and I stop wondering what's going on and I walk across the bridge and I'm already preparing my response to her if she says no, if she doesn't want any help from me. So I said, hi, can I help you? And it's a it's a Japanese girl and she's, Literally, her eyes are on the brink of balling, and she says yes. She accepts my help, and I'm like elated. I'm like, I don't have to say anything about, um, I'm going to help you even if you don't want it, kind of a thing. So, I grabbed her bags, and um, and they're quite heavy, actually. They were really heavy, so I'm glad I did help her. <laughs> even I was like, oh my God, can I actually handle it? Crap, yeah. <laughs> I walked it across, got her onto the right platform. Mm-hmm. And I could tell that she was shaky. Um, something had clearly happened to her. That she was anxious, stressed. Um, but English is, wasn't really her first language. So, um, and she wasn't really trusting me enough yet. Well, that's what I was going
1: to ask, right? So, when when you asked her if she needed help, did she did she? I mean, she obviously acknowledged it, but did
0: she say yes? Did she nod? Did she kind of smile? Uh... Well, that's the thing. I, I was worried she was going to say no because mm-hmm. you know how sometimes people don't want help, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, but she did say yes, she said yes, but in this kind of like, um, desperation, uncertain voice, kind of like, I'll take your help, but I don't really trust you mm-hmm. kind of thing, but I'll take it anyway. I'll take a risk. Um, yeah, so she did say yes. Okay. Okay. And, but when she came on went onto the other side of the platform, I could see that she wanted to look after her bags, right? Because obviously it's her possessions, it's her everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, she didn't have a ticket or a, a go-kart. They call it a go-kart over here, which is that you just pass on it. Um, anyway, I said to her, look, I'll look after your bags, all right? I promise you I won't steal anything or do anything to your bags. Go over there, buy your ticket, um, and then come, come over here and you can take your bags. And we were probably the only two people on the platform at this stage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think about, it, like, three minutes go by, four minutes go by, five minutes. I'm like, I'm, 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 she's probably struggling to use the ticketing machine.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Anyway, long story short, she eventually gets a ticket and she comes up to me. The ticket says, like, $9.50 or $9.80 around there. And she says, will this get me to Brisbane? At which point, I'm, like, I have two realizations. Like, I'm like, it bloody well get, better get you to Brisbane because that's a really expensive ticket. Yeah. Two. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... She does. She must actually be new here, because the point, the fact that she was asking me if I gets her to Brisbane, she doesn't know where Brisbane is. She um, has no idea. Yeah, and she has no idea where she is either. It's like this girl has, and I still have no idea what has happened to her that she has to, in, that she's in the situation. Um, anyway, the train comes, lift, lift um, all the bags on the train, and I can just, well, I'm sitting there, and it's about an hour's ride on the train, so there's quite a bit of time. And she starts, like, googling information and trying to find her hostel and where she's going to go and, all like, try and make this plan. And I can just see in her eyes this real expression of defeat mixed with determination. It's like she's been knocked down, but at the same time she's going to make a plan. Because clearly she was already taking some form of action. Yeah, yeah. A long story short, like, my train station stop was um, Central, and she had to go to this hostel, which was, I think, another stop or two, um, Roma Station.
1: Okay.
0: And I decide, I'm like, bugger this. I'm not going to go into work. I'm just going to make sure that (laughs) this girl finds her location. So, um, I know Brisbane quite well, and the next minute... I figure out where her hustle is it's YMCA or something like that Y Y H A sorry Y H A and long story short I'm walking up the hill and this is this is where she realizes that um, that I'm actually like a good person I'm not trying to like hurt her or take advantage of her and mm-hmm. she really opens up to me and at this point I realize she tells me that she's an au pair she literally has been in Australia for one week she was with her family where she didn't get along with them and she didn't actually like the working environments and something that had happened. She wouldn't really get into the specifics about what happened. Um, also, her English probably couldn't help her to say what was going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I was really just taken aback by her and the fact that she, like, had the courage to come to Australia on her own with these bags, sitting on her stairs, <laughs> trying to lift this up, and she was, like, making a plan. And... Um, Yeah, I helped her I wrote a note. I I left her a message. I I wrote to her, I gave her my name, my number, and I said, if you never ever need help, just contact me for anything. And um yeah, so she has. We've actually caught up a few times for coffee and stuff and and then I made it oh yes, that's right. I made it my next mission was to actually help her get a new job. So I literally started calling friends, (laughs) um, nanny agencies or pairs, I put things on LinkedIn, on Facebook and just resourced my network to basically help her have a good start because obviously she wasn't having a good run at the moment
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's the story of Saki and every now and then she messages me um, and we've connected on social media so I can see she's okay and yeah so I think it's really important in life to help people even when they don't want it and there is a bit of a risk in helping people when they don't want it and I'm, I'm well aware of that but um, one of the things that the best values I have from my mother, what I absolutely loved, and she taught me. She constantly helped strangers through life. She always taught me to include people, particularly those who were ostracized and excluded, to make sure that they were included. So, like, if there was a party and there's someone sitting alone, to go and make sure that they join the party, that they're not alone. Um, if they don't have food and everyone else did, make sure to make to share food with them. And I think that's just what I was doing, what my mother taught me to do. So. Um Yeah, that that's the story of Saki. I don't know what else to
1: say. I love I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. And I remember reading this a few weeks ago. Uh, I think you you wrote actually you wrote an article on this uh, on LinkedIn. And I just want to quote something very quickly that you said. I'm gonna quote you. Okay. (laughs) You said uh, we all need a hand, especially when we're too proud to ask for it. So help each other out. It takes nothing for you but makes a world of difference to another. I love that. It really does. Yes, yes, yes. And you're right. You know, even sometimes I'm... Yeah, maybe I would use the word proud. Sometimes I'm too proud to ask for help. But if somebody actually helps you and you get something done, it feels good for both people, for both parties involved. It feels amazing. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I. the biggest thing I got out of that situation, I I did actually feel good about myself, if I'll be honest. I was like, I did something good that day. And it wasn't good. what I was thinking about. Um, at the time it wasn't but at the end of it I was like ah I know that I made someone's life a little bit easier today and that did feel good but I think you're you're almost you're not hyping
1: it up as big as it is like you've literally you've met this girl on the train doesn't speak a lot of English needs all the help in the world and you helped her like like nonchalant you just did it you wrote her a note you helped her get a job you helped her get to her home and like you wrote (laughs) in the article where she actually has a bed to stay, right? I mean, you've, you've you've literally changed your life, and you probably made her, when she thinks about her her experience in Australia, I can guarantee you're a big part of that.
0: That's a cool uh, thing. Do you know what? The biggest thing that I really hope that she takes away from this and everyone else, but mostly for Saki, is that she knows that wherever she goes in the world, there's gonna be someone that will help her, that she's not alone. Mm. And that she helped someone else in the future because I know in my life there have been many, many people who've helped me through some really hard hardships. And it was probably nothing for them, but for me it made lot of difference. And I guess it was an act of paying it forward. So I really hope that Saki helps someone maybe back when she goes back to Japan and there's an Australian who's lost or something, she <laughs> may be able to pay the, the payment forward, right? I have no idea, but that's what I really hope.
1: I love that man I love that I love it so much and I'm I'm going to share the uh, I'm going to share the link on uh, my social media as well just so everyone can can have a little read
0: Yeah thank new, you I appreciate that I I had a lot of um I was a bit apprehensive when I wrote it or after, actually after I wrote it I was a bit concerned because for some people it could be it could occur as um like trying to get attention or something around it and that was not my intention I was just so compelled and so moved that I really had to share this. I don't know what it was. It mm-hmm. struck a chord in me that I just had to share this with the world. Um, so please do share it with everyone. Um, I do think it's a very, really valuable lesson is that we do need help. Um, most of the time, I think, in the day and age we live with, we are inundated with problems and challenges. So. Um, definitely being open to accepting help would make life a lot easier for each and every individual.
1: I love it. And I'm I'm glad you wrote this down. So yeah, um, definitely sorry. we'll share and um, and hopefully everyone will have a read because it's, uh, it's almost an emotional one as well. I mean, I remember I almost got emotional reading it because I remember you telling me the story and I was just mesmerized. I'm like, wow, this is, I think the day I met you, I said, listen, I have a podcast show. This story needs to be on it. Um, just because I really, really enjoyed it. And, and for a guy who moved to a new country as well, knowing no one, uh, it's, 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 it's just, it kind of puts faith in humanity Mm. back in. So, um, no, we'll definitely share that. But listen, I want to get into Damn Good Academy just, Uh, just quickly. Why don't you tell everybody what that is and, uh, exactly how you started it.
0: Oh, how I started it, that's a bit harder one, but I'll tell you what it is. So, (laughs) Good Academy, as you can probably tell from the name, it's around training, around digital marketing. I founded it about um, earlier this year Mm -hmm. and the whole intention really is to take, so how do I I say this? I've been doing this for corporations and agencies for about 10 years. And I got to the point where I realized I could actually help a lot more people if I actually gave them the skills that I have, if they could be a carbon copy of me. And one of my key skills is in programmatic media, so that's really about buying media on Facebook and Google AdWords and display ads, and just giving people the tools and taking away all the, I guess the 10 years of experience that I have, and to put that in about four hours worth of training, and to deliver that online, so that anyone in the world can actually access that. And another commitment, I I don't know if you actually know about this, is. I really want to give this away to disadvantaged students. So I'm in conversation at the moment with a few universities okay. where they have students who are in hardship um, to make sure that they actually get access to it as well okay. at no charge. Because basically it's like a scholarship, I've put around about 500 um, a year scholarships that are available. So yeah, so Danville Academy, I feel like I'm so bad at actually talking about what I do. Why is that? <laughs>
1: no, no, no. This is good. This is good. This is uh... This is awesome, actually. It's training, like we like we said before. It's literally training, and the fact that you want to give this away to students that aren't as privileged as many others is amazing. And that's great, and it, it 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 just goes to show again what kind of person you are. Number one, and the learnings that these these students can get from it. I mean, they can go and start their own business, or you know, start their own advertising agency, or help promote their parents' business or their friends' business, and actually start getting you know income from that, create their own job.
0: Absolutely. We live in a really amazing time. Mm -hmm. The internet what has made available for so many people. It has literally democratized opportunities. And at the moment, um, if you can get a product online or a service or a message or a campaign, and you can actually get it into the right hands and the right people, that's basically what I teach is how to get your message to the actual right people and how to do that basically at a really low cost. Um, it really shifts the, the scale and that's something that I'm really committed to is that everybody has access to that. So Down Good Academy's mission really is to basically bring opportunity into small business owners or communities, non for profits charities. Um, it sounds a bit um, almost too good to be true but that's what I'm aiming out to do and I've had a lot of success um, at the moment, I've been doing stuff with, no, no surprise, corporations um, uh, which you can go and have a look on the website dangoodacademy.com can I plug it I just, I just did what it you actually. just did I, I'll be plugging it throughout no worries it's going to be everywhere <laughs> um, yeah so definitely check it out yeah
1: so so what sort of challenges and we'll, we'll do kind of a you know if you can name one challenge that you had when, when starting this what, what sort of challenge or adversity did you face
0: oh um there is so many challenges when you start a business um I think the hardest thing that I have learned is I have a lot of strengths and abilities in many areas, but as you probably realize, and many people realize at one point or another, you can't actually do everything yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of the quality ultimately gets a bit diluted if you literally are jumping between so many areas, whether you go from counting to resourcing to managing the website to doing the marketing to creating the product. There's only so much that your brain can actually give, so it's really about spacing it out. Um, managing cash flow is a really important thing. Um, what other challenges do I have? I think also just the mental state. Yep. It's so easy to um, compare yourself when you're in the beginning to people who are already successful or corporations that already are in that success mm-hmm. and you actually forget all the success. I, like I actually have forgotten all the success and the achievements I have made. And then I kind of just measure myself to my current um, reality.
1: Does that make sense? No, no, I totally understand what you're saying. And just a couple of my own examples are running through my head, but I'll let you finish. Um, oh, that, that's pretty much all that I was going to say. So you got work. So no, just, you know, when I started this podcast, I had a bunch of different ideas. And, and it's funny because one of my friends gave me a really good piece of advice because I was very, not down. I don't get down. I'm just a very positive person in general. But you do question some decisions. So I remember questioning, you know, what should I do with this podcast? I have a book coming out. What should I do with the book? Um, and he told me this. He said, create a gratitude wall, right? So just a piece of, you know, even mm-hmm. a piece of paper or um, a whiteboard in your room. And just, you know, every couple of days, write down what you're grateful for and write down your achievements. And I started doing that. And you start to realize how much stuff you actually get done so it's you're right when I, when you compare yourself to the big guys you're not going to get there yet but you're on your way right absolutely and you don't realize until you see how grateful you are for the things that you have accomplished so i guess my advice to you is just start writing things down little accomplishments and little wins keep a note of them so at the end of every day or sorry even at the end of every week every friday or saturday morning pull it out on your phone or or a piece of paper and just read it you can say, hey, you know what, I complicated or I accomplished this, and I kicked
0: ass. I kicked ass this week. I can't wait for next week. Absolutely, I'll take that advice. I think you are, you nailed it. It really is looking at those small wins because when you're right at the beginning of any like marathon, right, all you look at is what's ahead. Mm-hmm. And the problem with only looking at ahead, you miss everything that you've achieved behind you. So definitely writing the small wins, as you said, um, I think is the is the trick. Good. Hey, Mario. Just a few quick questions because I
1: want you to get back to owning this kick-ass company. But um, what would you say if I was to ask you, you know, one of, one of your passions in life? What would you say your passion
0: is? Um, peanut butter. <laughs>
1: <A> peanut <laughs> butter.
0: Absolutely. I love. There we go. And a... cheese. If you and meat. Oh, food. I'm a cheese food. guy. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, What's man. your favorite cheese?
1: Um. It's actually just regular like tasty cheese, but don't put it in front of me because the entire block will be gone <laughs> i'm I'm serious it's not even it's not I can't even laugh at it because it's it's me being serious it's just it'll happen
0: like I need to stay away from all cheese all we, kinds. um other passions, yeah, I think look, I know the sounds really corny, but I really do love my family like yeah. I really really love my family mm-hmm. They are the best thing that happened to me. And I actually want to mention because early on we touched about, you know, how I was leaving Africa and volatile issues with my father and everything. I've actually made peace um with my father and I've forgiven him because one of the things I've learned in life is every single person is human, including your parents. Yeah. And while they don't do always the best thing, right, they always do have the best intentions at heart. And that's what I really learned when I went back. So with my father, everything's fantastic now. I have the best relationship with him. He always moans about crime and how terrible the world is. He's, he's just that kind of like old school, um, <laughs> <laughs> loves to complain. And I just sit there and listen and nod my head. Um, um, but yeah, so really my family, it's one of the most important things to me. I love travel because As you can probably tell from my personality, I love new experiences, and one of the most stimulating experiences that I can have is literally being in a jungle, I have no idea where I am, and I just go walking. So, that's a really, really great one for me is travel. I I like, um, you know, I think before we
1: actually started recording, we we had a quick chat about your dad. So, the fact that you made peace with your dad is, is, is amazing to hear, and it's special to me. My dad passed away about three and a half years ago now and um, you know he was he's my best friend right so when I when I hear stories about how close people are with their fathers it just it's very it's very nice to hear because I I had a great relationship with my dad up until the end and and it's funny because even now I you know I talk to him all the time and it's it's just I I consider us still having a great relationship even though he's not here Um, so no it's 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 great to
0: hear that for sure so if you're gonna make me cry, don't make me cry. <laughs> like really, don't. No, no. The one thing about us Latin guys, we cry quite easily. It's usually, we're happy stuff more than anything. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but but it just hold you know hold that relationship to to heart and uh, cherish it because it's uh, okay. it's a good thing to have. Now, let's talk about quickly about success, right? So, when
0: is Mario going to be successful, or have you already made it? Um. Well, the funny thing is, I used to, I think success um, can be measured in many different ways. So I think I used to measure it around money, having like a rock solid six six pack, um, having a high profile job, um, and that's a pretty limited version of success, I would say, right?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I think ultimately, if you just look at success, I think the best way to describe it, it is when you solve a problem. At the very, very basic level, right, is you solve a problem, and when you solve it, that is a version of success. To me, success means it's less about money, um, and it's actually more about peace and happiness. You see, because I realize that I'm actually already successful. I live in this fantastic country. Um, I get to do what I absolutely love. I have a fantastic family. We're not perfect, but we are fantastic. I get to meet fantastic people like you. Um, I have food all the time. I am, by my definition, a really successful person.
1: Uh, that's that's awesome to hear, man.
0: So I am, and um, I'm content. Um, basically, I think that the next thing is to just continue to give. Um, make sure that, like you said, we're talking about gratitude. Is actually having been more thankful for what I already have, and I think um, that's the secret. Good, good. Now. What sort of advice would you
1: have for, for the younger generation out there, younger men and younger women?
0: Um, I think ultimately to trust your own voice. Mm-hmm. That can be a very hard thing to do when you're young because you look up to a lot of people. But if there's anything that I have learned, just because someone is older than you or has gone ahead in something doesn't necessarily mean they know better. So definitely source other information out there. But I think trusting in yourself is a fantastic thing to do um listen to that inner voice it definitely has your back better than anything else out there so definitely trust yourself i like that inner voice piece it um it 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 speaks volumes
1: because a lot of times you do doubt what you think because other people around you are telling
0: you that you're wrong absolutely and the problem with um listening to other people is a lot of people's opinions or um, reality is based on agreement. So if one person agrees something, and then there's a second person, and then the third and the fourth, and it just basically amplifies, and soon any opinion can be perceived as the truth just based on agree- agreement. And it can't. It might not necessarily actually be true or the best avenue. So. Your inner voice is definitely the strongest and best thing, and I recommend at any point in your life that is the thing you go to is your voice inside of you. Mm -hmm. And
1: uh, you know, the one thing I say often to some friends is the problem with listening to other people is that there are other people. (laughs) They're the the other. They're not you, right? I've done so many things in my life where I like that. Yeah, that's the problem. There, there are other people. I've done so many things in my life where other people are telling me what to do and and I just, and I don't do it. I don't think I turn out so bad, right? I mean, you make mistakes along the way, but if you learn from them, that's a good thing. You need to make mistakes to learn. So Exactly. If you make
0: mistakes, you're not learning. Like, you literally are living a very sheltered life that I think sounds pretty boring to me. Yep. Exactly.
1: So I like that. You know what? Listen to your inner voice, make mistakes, and good things will happen.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. Just and trust yourself. You've literally got to trust yourself mm-hmm. because well, trust is it. I guess trust that everything's going to turn out okay in the end is one of the things that I rely on a lot when I'm going through hard times or, or when I'm uncertain about something. Um, is definitely that good. Now, Mario, one last question for you,
1: mm-hmm. and it has to do with your positivity. How do you how do you stay so positive
0: all day? Um, because <laughs> I imagine that you do. <laughs> um, I think it's a combination of hard knocks um, that have taught me that there isn't anything I can't overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's one of it. The other thing is, uh, sleep, I get lots of good sleep, I really make sure that yeah. I have yeah. a good amount of sleep, I eat healthy, I exercise, I stay away from all the bad things that you're supposed to stay away from and i think generally that's the easiest way to stay positive mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's going to work for everyone but that's what works for me
1: i like it i like it awesome Listen, Mario, we can keep going but let's cut I, it I, there I, we can right. it doesn't it, it feels we've been recording for about 45 46 minutes and it doesn't seem I like that at all but uh <laughs> listen man i just want to thank you so much you're you're an incredible person you're an inspiration to me i've only known you for a few months so i can only imagine the inspiration you are to everyone else around you so Thank you so much for coming on the show, and um, you know it's been it's been great meeting you, and I can't wait for us to catch up again.
0: Absolutely, I definitely think we're going to do have a cheese and wine night. Okay? Yes,
1: don't say cheese, don't say cheese.
0: <laughs> oh
1: man, and Mark, how can people reach out to you if they if if they choose to get in contact?
0: Oh, great question. So if you want to find more, obviously go to the website, which is damngoodacademy.com. If you're on the social media world, you can find me also at Damn Good Academy on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, yeah, you can find me everywhere, basically. Awesome, awesome. And I'll include those in my blog.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Perfect. Mario, thank you so much again. Super Mario, everybody. <laughs> thank you so much. Jim. You're fantastic. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. You too. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you missed anything, do not worry. Log on to shivrad.com. That's S-H-I-V-R-A-D.com to listen to this podcast again. Check out the other episodes and of course, check out the blog. Thanks, everyone. Until next time.